What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode on the Burb Pod Network. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, all the way up here in the Canadian Tundra. This episode is brought to you by GoPro and the GoPro GromQuest. What's the GromQuest? Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you about it. Step number one, go get yourself a GoPro. Step number two, film your Grom or yourself or maybe your buddy Bob or even Troy Dog. Doesn't matter. Go get that footage. Step number three, submit that footage to GromQuest. Step number four, maybe win some awesome prizes and become part of the GoPro team. Submissions to GromQuest must feature an individual under the age of 18. So Slaw Dog, you're probably out of luck, bud. Go to GoPro.com forward slash EN forward slash US forward slash awards to learn more and enter. Now, let's get to the pod. Welcome to the Verb Moto Broadcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. This episode is brought to you by GoPro and the GoPro GromQuest. What's GromQuest? I'll tell you about it. GromQuest is a competition and contest ran by GoPro where all you have to do is go get yourself a GoPro, film yourself, your Grom, your cousin Eddie, or even Cody Groves, and you can submit that to GromQuest. That's step number three. Step number four is possibly win some amazing prizes, and become part of the GoPro team. In order to be eligible to win, your video must feature somebody under the age of 18. So Slaw Dog, you're probably out of the running. But hopefully you guys will enter the Grom Quest. Get on that, guys, because those the prizes are unreal and you want to be part of that GoPro team. Like I said, I am your host, Brad Gephardt. With us on the line, we've got none other then the 315 in your program, likely number one in your hearts if you follow him on social media. You, and if you're not yet, you need to. It's the 313 of Cody Groves. Cody, how's it going? Going good, but we're the 315, brother. And we're number one in say? everyone's heart. That 313, brother, man. Oh, no. that's uh, Is that Kyle Swanson? I have no Swanson. idea who number 313 is. My competition, I'm rendering. Fair enough. Yeah, well, it probably is the uh, your competition. I I apologize, my friend. I was thinking three fifteen, uh, but uh, I misspoke. Uh, the the three fifteen in your program, Cody Groves. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you are a character, if nothing else, and uh, damn fast on a dirt bike. Uh, also qualifying directly into the motos this last weekend at Bud's Creek after a pretty eventful press day uh why don't we talk about the weekend before we unpack who the heck Cody groves is uh yeah so i showed up bud's creek thursday night had a couple with the boys woke up the next day was pumped for press day went out second lap had a little front end tuck did the old head drive into the face of the triple where munoz crashed uh pretty similar crash not the same but a little different um jammed my neck I told all the boys that I was going to throw oppos off big golf, so I did. I had to do that, even though my neck hurt. I couldn't leave all the boys hanging right there. So I did that, rode about three laps. I appreciate and the commitment, I by the way. Neck. Yeah, I had to. I mean, you got to do it for the boys. But so I got to the point where I couldn't ride anymore, so I decided to try to get Alpine Stars Medical Crew. Uh, nobody was there, so I ended up having to go to the hospital was there until about 9 o'clock at night, the night before the race. And I got all cleared. I was all good. So I decided I was going to race. My dad showed up in the morning, helped 
prepped the bike, went out to went out for practice with a dirty bike still from press day. Uh, we qualified 33rd, pretty good. Uh, it was really hard to push on that track because the lines are a lot different than on a local day because obviously I'm from Maryland, so it's a little different. But, yeah, so I had pretty good qualifying. And then first moto, I think I moved my way into like 25th on the first or on the third lap and i got passed by rubini going up the face of big gulp and i missed my shift because i got obviously got passed and brain got all discombobulated mm-hmm. Came up there's short, a reason you're being passed and, and you're not going fast enough yeah yeah i wasn't going fast enough um but i will say that guy's that guy's fast that year them euros man i don't know where they get it from or, or what they do but they're freaking fast bunch of euros or i've been i've been battling i haven't battled a single american in a couple weeks it's like it's like crazy it's weird um Mm. but yeah but anyways i came up short on that and i ended up crashing and i rode for about another 15 minutes after that but i ended up pulled it in and then second moto i just decided to go out because uh it's a home national i wasn't gonna not go out for the race i actually got offered to not race so one of the alternates could get in for their first national and as much as i would have liked to help the the guy out i uh i just i had to go out there man i it's been a mediocre season for me and i've really i i knew i i could have i knew i could have rode so i had to ride so I i went out and i ended up getting 30th and um i ended up actually crashing again with two laps to go nicoletti got around the outside of me and um and i like cased that the same triple that i crashed on on press day i crashed on the other end of it on the landing and i like cased it because nicoletti was coming around me i don't know know if he was laughing i guess he was laughing me and um i landed on top and then my hand blew off the bars and and the bumps and i fell again but i didn't lose any spots so i was fine but uh yeah that's how bud's creek went I'm still recovering. Uh, still, my my body feels like it got ran over by a dump truck seven or eight times, so or six or nine rather. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all. That's all. That's Bud's Creek for you. Jesus, man, you got put through the ringer. But like you said, it's the home national. You got to show out for the fans. You got to give it the old college try. And when you got your old man uh, spinning the uh, the T handles for you, um, that might gives you a l- that little bit extra motivation to go out there and, and do your best. Mu- you must have been feeling pretty good qualifying straight in, especially because of how like entries have been sold out for weeks. And, uh, and you're still able to put it in inside the top 40 uh, and even stay out of that LCQ. That's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, I was. it was really cool having Dad there this week. He hadn't. Um, he, was, he was wrenching for me at Atlanta Supercross this year, but my bike blew up in practice, so he didn't. I mean, we only got, like, one practice. I would blame him, yeah. Other than that, other than that, I had never had him at a national as a wrench, so that was pretty cool. Um, but actually, he was – I was – I'm – I kind of get worried about him being a little overreacting on some stuff. And he didn't see my crash. I pulled into the pits. He didn't have the hat throwing. What the heck are you doing? He was just like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just crashed. And I rang my nuts and my head hurts. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, I'm going to keep trying. And then I kept trying and I pulled off. And then whenever the guy came over and asked to 
pay me to not race, um, he's like, take the money, just take the money. And I'm like, nah, man, we're going out here. I was, that was really surprising for my dad because I don't know, I, I might have not been, I might not have been well enough to race, but I, I still rode rode because I wanted to. But it was a little surprising because my my mom on one hand is like, go go race, you're going to race. I drove all the way here, you're racing. And then my dad was which is normally the complete opposite. It used to be the opposite of that when I was younger. And, and it was really cool to see that, how it's changed over the years um, with me and my dad. So That's super cool. Yeah. No, so who, like, are, are we, uh, like, giving out the name of the person who is going to pay you not to race dirt bikes? What What's this all about? Uh, I don't really want to. Um, okay. Okay. Really right. Secret. I mean, if you can go look at the results and look who got six in the LCQ, but... Um, I just, yeah, I just keep that one down, down low. He's one of my friends, but I, I don't know if he would want someone to know that or not. Fair enough. We might cut that out altogether. Um, but so Cody, um, you've been known for a number of different things, uh, mainly just being, uh, one of the, uh, you make being a professional motocross racer look like a very fun job to have. You're, you're goofing off on the line a little bit. You're known for wearing the sunglasses, uh, up until it's time to, uh, to get wild out there on the track. Um, like, how did you become the living cartoon character that is Cody Groves? Um, where does that personality originate? Like, how how far back do we have to spin the clock before we find the the root cause of uh, of your mayhem? Uh, well, you want to go back to the root cause? It'll uh, it'll it'll probably start with when I was sixteen. And I got my driver's license, and I was I was going to I just when I started racing by myself, pretty much when when my dad pretty pretty much kind of stepped away and started making me pay for it, and I didn't feel like I had someone that like I didn't have to make anyone happy except for my myself, and I had to figure out how I was gonna race on my own and make make it make it worthwhile and have fun and and um so when i turned so i raced loretta's by myself when i was 16 and i found a couple sponsors to help me with that that was before i got a real job um i did it on my own when i was 16 at loretta's no way and i wasn't yeah i wasn't i obviously i was 16 i wasn't um i wasn't an animal like i am now but I went, I went there by myself and I entered an essay contest for South of the Border. And when I won the essay contest for South of the Border, it was a free year there. And no way. Whenever, That's cool. So, yeah, so basically, basically I went to South of the Border for six months, um, which, you know, the part they don't tell you about living at a training facility for free is uh, everything's free except uh, everything. Um, you still got to pay for you still got to pay your, for your bikes. You still got to pay for food. You still mm-hmm. got to pay to lit. Like you're still living, you know, I mean, I got to live at the track for free. I got to ride and live at the track for free, but you know, everything else comes with a cost, especially when you're racing yeah. across at such a high level. Keeping bikes so together, gas, tires, yeah. engines. Yeah. yeah. You name it. Yeah. So my parents were keeping me, uh, they, they were trying to keep an eye on me. Uh, and I, I kind of got the, too much i guess i could say i got too much freedom and i kind of abused some of that power and when my dad told me i had to get a job 
because I, I wasn't like telling him what I was doing um, mm. as far as tr- like tr- riding and training and what was going on with the bikes. Like it was just kind of, I was just going to races and finding someone to sign me up and then I would just go race and they weren't really even going to the races with me. So they weren't really sure where their money was going, which it actually turned out that a lot of their money was going to uh, the cookout drive through. Um, so I, I was, I was, which makes really sense. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was eating really bad, but I mean, dude, you can't, you can't beat a burger, some fries and a chicken, a honey mustard wrap from cookout for like six bucks. Dude. I mean, you ain't, you ain't eating for nothing. You ain't eating for cheaper than that, man. I, I, but I, I, I abused it a little bit. So whenever okay. I got a job, whenever I had to get a job, um, I kind of put the racing on an afterburners and I was just going to race. I was going to race to have fun. And, you know, I, it's whenever, whenever I was there by myself to have fun, well, you know what happens when you, you're by yourself and you want to have fun. And there's a bunch of, bunch of, uh, fun havers around at the races. Um, you just start, I guess, I don't know. I just started having some fun, getting a little loose and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have I just been having some fun for the last couple of years, you know, and and it just I don't know. One time I one time I told everyone that I was gonna win, and I was in a condition where you, if I said that you'd have been like you're crazy. And then I won at K Rock in 2021, and ever since that, really, it's just kind of been you know the the more loose I get, the more fun I have, the better I ride. Um, and that's just kind of how it goes, you know, it, it, I don't know, it's a little, 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 uh, backwards, but, um, it's a loose program, but it's a program. So you, you've cracked the code is what you're trying to say is that there's, there's a, an X amount of fun that you're able to have, which may be more fun than your average bear would consider that they like, they wouldn't then be able to have like good results whilst having that much fun, um, you're really maximizing the amount of fun you can have on a particular race weekend, especially perhaps the night before, uh, and still perform quite well. What do you attribute that to? What do you, what do you mean? Well, I, 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 I mean, like, well, how are you able to uh, c- compete so well while uh, being so hungover, essentially? Um, or do you not get hungover? Because well, we did... You, we did find you I do, um, I do. sleeping on our tailgate at uh, Loretta Lynn's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was a little that day that that next day I probably could have won Open Pro Sport. Um, I don't know who won it that day, but uh, might have might have been Daxton Bennett. Sorry, Dax. Um, <clears throat> anyways, um, no. When I was when I was a kid and I was growing up, with my dad every, and I was. I was like a really big, I was really, really big into mountain biking. And I actually, I, I, uh, I got sick at mountain bike nationals in 2018. I, uh, as a in the 15, 16 class. Okay. And I was, I was really, really good at, I was, I was really fit. Like I would go to, I would go to like an elite race, which is like the pro-am class, at, like locally. And I would get top three against 30 year olds, which in the cycling world, you know, you're peaking, you peak 
with your physical fitness at like 28 and I was yeah. 15 keeping up with those guys. So like I, I, I've always, I was always in really good shape and I, that's kind of, I just kind of maintained that as, as much as I've had to, you know, okay. and, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, none of this goes without a lot of work. Um, like you can't, you can't just do, you can't just totally top, stop training. You know, I've been, I was training at the Shoals, um, and I was doing, I did GNCCs to get myself back up to where I needed to because I broke my femur last year. And a lot of that helps a lot. I mean, endurance has, is a lot of physical training, but it also has to do with a lot of your riding too. You got to be a smart rider too to last. So it, it, it just, uh, just turn, kind of turns into, turns into just experience, I guess. Fair enough. Like a little bit of an unorthodox approach to uh, a professional career, but it sounds to me, um, Cody, that you enjoy riding your motorcycle. You like first and foremost, you enjoy riding your bike, uh, and that might be your uh, the crux of your your training program. You probably ride more than a lot of guys do, uh, or at least like you, the guy guys closest to you in, as far as competition goes. Um, and it, I'm sure it, it can't all just be, uh, partying and having fun and this, that, and the other thing. There's, there's, uh, an element of, of training and pre- preparation that goes into it. But, uh, yeah, you're a pretty fun loving guy. You're, uh, kind of like a, a privateer for the everyman. If, 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 if just your, um, like your average weekend warrior could have the skill set that you have, uh, I'm sure they'd behave in a similar way. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that, that, you know, I, I got 20th or I got eight, I got a top 20 this year at Hangtown and I didn't qualify the week before at a uh, Fox raceway. And while the race was going on, I, I ended up getting into some mimosas and, uh, by the time the race was over, I, I came back and I made a, I made a fool of myself, but everyone's like, this kid's gone off the rails, blah, blah, blah. Well, the next week I went in top 20, the 450 class and like all that kind of, like, I kind of thrive. I kind of like was like about to just prove everyone wrong. Cause I went into the season a little unprepared with my bike. Yeah. And, um, I, the, the one thing that I, I can't really get on the same level as some of these guys is some of these privateers, man, they, they make this, they make this seem like a huge, like a huge deal. And in, in my, in my eyes, and, and I mean, this is kind of letting like the truth of the sport out is, is if if you're not going to be on a factory team, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of scraping by to, to race every weekend. And if I'm going to be scraping by and, just doing it like just just getting to each just the only thing i'm focused on is getting to the next weekend then you be dang sure i'm gonna just have some fun with it because there there ain't no point in in um being a being a 20th place skill wise guy and and thinking that you're you're gonna make a lot of money at this because and and outdoors just i mean you know you get 18th in a national and you're getting paid like three hundred dollars, three fifty a moto or something. Like it's you're not you're not making money that 
is enough to get real serious about. So that's why that's why I look at it as the more fun I have, the better I'm going to do. Because whenever I go to pro-ams back home and I'm hanging out with all the local boys, hey, that's all it is. Is all I do is have fun, and then I go race for 20 minutes on a in a pro-am, and, and that's that's what I'm good at, and that's what I like to do. So I'm going to do the same thing at a big race like this at a pro national because I wouldn't do it in any other way at a local race. Because I honestly, I make more money. I'm going to make more money next month than I have all season. And MX Sports hasn't even paid me since uh, High Point. I've gotten paid for the gotten paid for three rounds, but I haven't got paid for High Point, Southwick, Unadilla, and obviously I haven't got paid for Buds yet. But just been kind of floating on my own money lately. But it's 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 all right. I'll I'll go pay him eventually. But it's, yeah, of course, it's not something to get too serious. Yeah, certainly. Like, obviously, like you, you kind of like approach it with a little bit more lighthearted. There are some privateers that are captain serious, uh, maybe more than they need to be. Um, like, do you feel like having that sort of loose approach helps you sort of like just get into the zone of just being able to just ride the way you know how to ride? I know there's a lot of guys who they get all like they take it super serious, but that also produces a lot of sort of like nervous energy that stops them from being able to perform at their highest level. Yeah, in the motos, 100%. Um, in the motos, no doubt about it, I can go and ride, um, w- like, perfect. There isn't anything more stressful than a, qual- a, a qualifier, like qualifying, mm-hmm. trying to lay down your fastest, trying to lay down the fastest lap you've ever done in your entire life. Like, last or two weeks ago at Unadilla, I was three seconds off Aaron Plessinger and like that dude. And he laps me like, like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be as fast as I gotta be three seconds off of a dude who's going to lap me within 25 minutes of this moto. And if you do the math on that, he ends up in the motos, they end up, he ends up being faster than that than me, but qualifying you have to be so fast that like it's, that's super like, no matter how what approach I take at it, the the only time I've really mastered qualifying was at High Point this year, and it only it happened to be the only round Stu Baylor was at, and I ended up being at the couch burning ceremonies um, the night before, and I ended up qualifying eleventh. Um, but other than that, I have not figured out qualifying yet. So my program doesn't work for that very well, but. <laughs> You know, it works for racing because those, those early morning laps may be uh, the, the hardest thing for you right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not real easy to just hop into a flow and and go go ride the fastest lap of your life in the and pretty much the in pretty much the mud because it's normally just loose the whole track. So it's yeah, because you're, it's you're typically in B than... practice. Yes. No, I'm always in A practice. I've been oh, okay, in two. I've been in two B practices all year. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, who are your your favorite? Uh, like, I of your hijinks of the like the the factory guys or best supported guys. Who uh, who's a fan of you up, up at the front of the pack uh, of those guys? I, I imagine probably a guy like Aaron Plessinger probably gets a chuckle out of your uh, your antics. I I don't think so. Really? I don't. I, like AP, AP actually had so this. If I don't, if somehow this gets to AP, I, you know, don't don't take this the wrong way. But at Unadilla on 
I'm in the heat of a battle with Rod Bell, and I'm getting lapped by AP. And this dude, he loves to rev his motorcycle at some lappers. And whenever I see a blue flag, I always got my arm underneath me, and I'm or my head under my arm, looking for 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 the dude behind me. Like I'm I'm really I really try really hard to get out of the way. And this dude's revving at me, and he's way behind me. And I cross rut because I'm trying to get out of his way. But he was he was like probably seven eight bike lanes behind me, and I ended up cross rutting and going down the last lap of Unadilla, and um, just trying to get out of his way. So AP, much of a cowboy he is, I, I don't know if he really, really digs it. The only person that I've talked to that is like that high up is is I talked to Cooper Webb at High Point, okay. and the only the only reason he really talked to me was he goes, he goes, well, I thought he was yelling at me the week before at Thunder Valley for not getting out of his way. And I went up to him and I said, Hey, you know, were you yelling at me after the moto? And if, if you were my bad, and he's like, nah, it was a guy behind you on the Cowie. And he's like, he's like, you're, you're Stu's friend. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, dude, you're hilarious. And then just like walked away. And I was like, how do you even, how do you know me? I'm like, how do you know that? Like, what? And that, like, that's kind of the only guy that I, I know. And Jet, or I guess, I guess Deegan likes it. Deegan likes it. And, okay. and Kitchen, Kitchen likes it. Some of the, some of the younger 250 guys that know me like it. But I'm, you gotta think, dude. I'm so much younger than. I mean, these guys. I've been watching these guys I'm racing in the 450 class, except for Jet. I mean, Jet, you know, he's younger than me, but. Um, I've been racing these dudes in the four, watching these dudes in the 450 class since they all turned pro when I was like eight years old. So, like, it's it's a little a little. Those guys don't really. I don't really know if they think it's funny or what. I honestly don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I'm trying to get it to pick up, but I, I don't. I don't know if they like it or not. Honestly, I think Sexton likes it, but I don't know. Really Sexton would probably be a fan of it if you like if somehow you get Jet off of his game, but uh, yeah, it's, it bums me out to hear that the the boys aren't at, in in favor of all the hijinks that uh, are involved with the Cody Groves program. But uh, um, like, what was your amateur career like? Obviously, you're fast enough to go to Loretta's uh, when your dad was uh, was paying the bills, but then also uh, you went on your own. Like, wh- where did you race? Who did you race with? Uh, what was your, uh, moto upbringing like? Uh, so I, my crew was, the uh, Pierce Brown, Styles Robertson, uh, Joe Shimoda. Okay. Uh, that kind of, that kind of area, that, that, that era. So when, in 2008, no, not no. Two thousand. I was eight. Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. I raced with Styles Robertson when he was riding. I think he was riding at Cobra sixty five that year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As in, he was racing. I I didn't ride a fifty. I never rode a. I never rode a fifty at any nationals. I only rode a sixty five. So I was eight racing the seven and nine class when Marsh Banks won. Every he went. I think he went six for six that year. Um, uh, you went two one one. Your moto scores that, that year. particular year were 
30-38-30, Cody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was really good. I, <laughs> I I was eight, so I, I did I did a little better the next year as a in 2012, but like uh, 2012, Pierce Brown won on October 65. Like that that was kind of my era. Um, okay. I didn't okay. really get I didn't really get to like a top ten guy at Loretta's in 2014. I got sixth overall in the 85-911 limited class. And I got eighth overall in the mod class. Um, I think that year, that year was Pierce Brown and Styles Robertson um, and those guys. So, um, yeah, that was that was kind of my era. Uh, 2018, I I did I got top ten in both 250B and 450B. I got ninth in 450B and tenth in 250B as a 15 year old, and I was kind of racing up that year. There was some dudes that were my age running the 125 class still so i was i was racing like devin simonson i forget who won that year i forget who won the b classes that year whenever i raced in 18 but 18 let but me see raced, here we got yeah. jaylick swole uh pierce brown you actually you raced with a lot of fast guys uh throughout your amateurs dylan schwartz parker mashburn like where the hell did that guy go uh same thing with jesse flock uh I love how that Joe Shimoda is actually spelt like J O E in his results for uh, the Loretta's. Uh, he went one eighteen nine. Uh, Simonson Groves, yeah, you're tenth. You went seventeen nine twelve for tenth overall on a Suzuki. What the heck were you doing riding Suzukis? Uh, I rode. I rode for. So I was. I rode for uh, the amateur team, and well, in 2018, I I rode by myself. Okay. Um, but. I rode for nobody, but in 2018, I uh, I rode 2019. Sorry, I rode for the Suzuki Amateur Support Team or whatever. Okay. I, supposedly, this was. Oh, you were a Suzuki, I didn't after. realize this. You were a Suzuki guy all the way through. You're like Suzuki 85 yeah, was, guy. You're like was, Tomac. Well, not quite like. Oh Tomac, yeah, but. I rode I rode Suzuki 85 um, after they were cool. Um, <laughs> but I had all their stuff. I had okay. all, like I had like have you ever seen the pictures of um Nico Lake Izzy's Morgan? like super trick uh yeah. super minis? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All, all P all PR two stuff. Yeah. I had like all their suspension stuff and, and their links and their motors. Like I like I had like they were good, but the new KTMs are obviously that's all you see now. I mean the Yamaha's yeah. Yamaha's trying, but you and Chase Prince were the only RMs in the whole class for uh, Mini Senior 2, 12 to 14, 2016. And there are some heavies in this class. You got Ty Masterpool, followed by Hardy Munoz, Carson Mumford on that Honda, uh, Caden Amarine, uh, Nate Thrasher, Josh Fariz, you, Levi Kitchen, Jace Kessler, uh, that Caden Niffy. Yeah, you beat Kitchen. Like in overall, anyway, you should let him know that he went. He went three thirty four six, three thirty four six out of Washington, Washington. Oh, Washington. That's a little better than what I did. That's a little. Yes, better. I did. Uh, yeah, that's a little better than what I did. You always had weird results. Like uh, everyone that I've looked at so far, you went seventeen eight thirteen for eighth overall. Yeah, dude, Loretta's I. Well, in 2014, my best moto, I fell in the first turn. I got six. But okay. but then, like, my 
like I guess whenever the track was, I don't know. I, I never really figured out how I rode fast. I never really got got into that. I just I would just go ride, and I was like, oh, I get to the end of the race and like, oh, what did I get? You're an impact. <laughs> like, I, I never do. I never really knew what I was doing. You know, it's like okay. Like, I don't know. You, you, I just felt like I was like a ghost in a video game. I was just out there. I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, a more educated ver- uh, explanation for that would be, like, uh, considering, like, you were, like, a idiot savant. Just sort of, like, I don't know what I do. I just do. Like, uh, Chris Blackmer's in that class. Preston Kilroy's in that class. Jack Chambers is in that class. Whatever happened to that Cade Niffing kid from California? Like, uh, he was quick he still, and... He- I don't know what happened ride? to him. Uh, he used to train at Master Pools, and then and then he got pretty serious with it. He got really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I and then he I don't know if he I don't know if he got hurt or if he just keeps riding or if he, I see little things every once in a while of him still riding, but mm-hmm. he don't race anymore. I know that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what what's uh, what's the end goal with uh, with your deal, man? Like I know you've you've got some sponsors, you got some support. Uh, I'm sure you'd always love to have more support. Um, what's the what's the program look like right now? Um, like and what are the what are the costs of operating the whole deal? Because you travel quite a bit. Uh, you were at Loretta's having yourself a good old time. Um, like and then you you'd mentioned that you're gonna make more money in the next uh, couple in the next month or so than you made all year. What's the, what's up with that? Okay, so as far as from the start of the Nationals, uh, from the start of the Nationals, including my bike, suspension, gas, you know, what anything, every, whatever I've spent the whole year so far, and I still have one more round, uh, I've spent $24,000. Um, okay. This, just this year. Just uh, that was from the beginning of May to now, um, and I still have probably and I still have another round. Um, Four thousand dollars a month. The reason? How much? Four thousand dollars a month. Since May. Yeah. So twenty-three May. times. What month is it now? Yeah. So no, like like five thousand. Honestly, Jesus. Uh, like, okay, okay. So we're on a decent clip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got a chunk take taken out. You take a chunk out of that because I had to buy a bike, but I bought mm-hmm. a used bike. I bought I bought Gage Stein's uh, championship college boy winning bike. Um, but I bought a used bike because I was trying to spend less. I had a budget that I already went over. Right. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, so. I have so the reason I say I'm gonna make more money next month is there's there's like a up in the northeast we have like five pro ams in a row that all have like six thousand dollar plus purses and uh you know I, I don't want to talk any smack I do pretty decent at them um even though now I hear a bunch of people that have found out about it and they want to I was gonna say you might be letting some people know about them right now. Yeah, so I'm just gonna have to I'm just gonna have to teach some, some dogs some new tricks. But um yeah, anyways, yeah, I, I like I I make pretty good money from racing pro ams for the month of September and the first half of October. And 
it's like a second season to me. So I'll do my, I'll have my, I'm at a birthday party uh, next weekend. And then I'll go right into racing after that, after the weekend after that. So I'll be racing for the next six weeks after, after the nationals. So, uh, those will all make me some money and I won't have to run race gas. I'll run pump gas. I'll, I won't be buying new tires every round. I'll, you know, I'll just be, I'll just be really winging it. I'll be having a lot more fun than everybody there for sure. But, having um, having more fun yeah. and making more money, all of that sounds like a a good plan. Um, as far like in in regards to like your program right now, you'd mentioned you bought a, a used bike. Um, like how how much are we like sort of like cost saving me- measures as as far as like like time on materials, uh, time between maintenance, or are we like? What's like the, the what's something on your motorcycle right now that probably needs to be changed, but you are not changing it? Uh, my top, my rear tire, my front tire too. I've had the same front tire since High Point. Um, that MX thirty four, dude, it just don't quit, dude. It's a good tire. Uh, my rear tire has been on there since Washougal. Uh, I was doing a rear tire every round. Um, I did. A, I've been doing a rear tire. I was doing a rear tire every round until Unadilla. And that's just because I ran out of money. I didn't start running race gas until high point uh, because I knew if I ran race gas every round, I'd run out of money. But uh, I also realized at Thunder Valley, I was getting pulled up the hills pretty badly. So I was like, I got to start running race gas because this is a this is a tell, tell, telling sign that I'm getting outpowered. So... Uh, my chain and sprockets, I went for like five rounds on, and this is time in between. I mean, I got like 60 hours on this bike now. I started with 23, 25. So I've, uh, it's definitely going to go up for sale after this last round if anyone wants to buy it. Uh, but, you know, it's it's been vet ridden and uh, taken really good care of. I've never hit the rev limiter, not once. Oh, okay. All right, um, Cody. <laughs> fair enough fair enough um so who who are your best supporters like so like in order to to go from place to place to place uh you got to have some decent sponsors that are footing the bill a little bit uh i, I know you see you're you've got an like a kind of a a different gear brand i'm not entirely sure who they are uh maybe you can give some of those companies some love yeah and i so assume you're also open for business here. if someone wants to give you a back tire yeah, I'm I'm open for business all the time. Um, so AM Gear is is my my gear company. Uh, his name's Russell. He's out of Oil City, Pennsylvania. Um, he he makes it all in his he makes it all in his uh his wouldn't consider it. He doesn't have a basement, but it like it's kind of like his uh his he has a, he has a gear making room. So he's okay. all handmade. Um, it's like handmade gear. He owns Pro Style MX. So he sells, he's like a, basically has a WPS account where he sells, he just, he's like a dealer for selling riding gear. He, he puts his, he has like, uh, like he'll put like a trolley cause like, you know how some of the companies you can't put, say you wanted a Fox Jersey, but you wanted like the Fox look, but uh, sometimes you have to order that straight through Fox and 
it's either A, very expensive, or B, like you can't even get it because it's like something that they don't want to do. He has the ability to make that look on your gear for, you know, you know what I mean? It's, yes, it's he can do reproduction of stuff without it being an actual reproduction. Yeah, so I just get I just get free gear from him. Um, I got Adept uh, Graphics, Austin and uh, Eric Grondel own that. Um, they just give me free graphics, which I've been turning down the the offer on I, on new graphics because uh, I don't have a plastic sponsor, so I haven't been uh, I don't I don't want to put these. Uh, new graphics on a junk set of plastics that are all cracked up because frankly i happen to think that the graphics that are on there are actually what's holding my bike together so okay yeah that that's my that's my graphic sponsor um uh who else what else i'm not looking at my motorcycle right now so I'm, this is mm. going off the top of my head um pr2 suspension helps me out a lot um i have one guy who who pays who's paid for all of it this year. Um, he's, uh, his name, it was well, company name is Tessie. Um, but he, it's like a, I guess they make stuff for Procter and Gamble, like plastic, com- plastic products, for Procter and Gamble. Okay. So he's, he's got a lot of disposable income and, um, uh, Roland's a really good dude. He helps me out a lot. Fair um, enough. So without him, we're, we're, we're probably not at these races. Uh, without him, I probably wouldn't even be on the Zoom call right now, or on this call right now. I'd yeah. be uh, probably cleaning some cleaning some kitchen equipment somewhere. So okay, okay, good to keep that in mind when yeah. it comes to like, hey, am I going to send this jump? And like, well, would I rather cl- clean kitchen equipment or jump this jump? And yeah, like here we go, big gulp. Yeah, you would have you would have thought that, but at a sun at a Spring Creek, uh, they had that. You came, so you know where the Chatterpult is. Yes. Right? At Spring I've Creek. raced it multiple times. So you go, you go up the uphill triple, then you drop down, and then the first part of Mount Martin, they put a triple in this year. And you had to jump it to qualify because there was only about 30 dudes that jumped it. And you had, like, as a privateer, you had to jump it to, to qualify. And I qualified 40th. And I was like point four out of qualifying, and I didn't hit this dang triple. And I had to, and then I ended up falling in the LCQ, and I didn't qualify at Spring Creek. And I went, I purposely went and rode the next day for amateur day, and just so I could hit the jump. And I hit a second lap of practice, and I got to the top of the hill. I dropped my bike, and I was literally just screaming at the world because it was so easy when it was fresh and it was fresh in practice at the national. And you would think that because I got these bonuses that I, uh, that, you know, I would want to jump a jump, but I guess I didn't want to at Spring Creek. Okay. So, uh, instead of making the motos and making money at Spring Creek, you ended up actually spending money to race, uh, amateur day and not making any money. Oh no! I made my money back. They paid. They paid us. They paid eight class. I actually. Okay. I made like twenty bucks that day. Overhead made twenty dollars over what I spent. Okay. Day. Okay. So, like, or, how or, how common is that? Like, are like are privateers like staying around for amateur day racing that? Like, is that a common thing? 
Um, at certain rounds, certain rounds, yeah. So Unadilla, they don't because Unadilla, they do Moto 1 on Friday and Moto 2 on on Sunday. So Okay, that's a long, no that's a long weekend. Friday. So you don't do that there. Uh, Redbud, yes. Redbud Red will get a full gate of privateers the next day. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. Bud's Creek yesterday, I stayed for amateur day. I didn't race. But there was a, quite a few guys who it didn't make the show that stayed. Um, uh, where else? Wash. I think I don't. Wanna, I don't know about Washougal, but Spring Creek. Yeah, High Point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I saw Matt Burkina yeah, racing it's, yesterday. It's, yeah, yeah, he was. It's pretty common. Um, you know, I mean, you came, you come all this way, and you're already, you're already at the track. And if there's a chance for you to go win win a hundred I mean it's only normally a hundred percent payback but you go win a normal hundred percent payback you know hopefully you go one one and you walk out of there with maybe extra hundred and fifty dollars or something you know it, it becomes worth it to just to cover your expenses to get back home since you didn't qualify okay okay and that's what I that's what I did I mean I I had I have to I had to go race again I like I wasn't I wasn't gonna leave and and not hit that and not hit that jump. I mean, people were hitting. I saw, I saw Deegan. I, I saw sixty fives hitting it. No, no, <laughs> they didn't jump that on sixty five. <laughs> Deegan squared this thing up from a dead stop in the motos and just turns right and just goes up the hill and hits it. And I was like, dude, I could have done that. I'm on four fifty. So I had I had to race that one, but that's that's the only amateur day that I've raced this year. Okay, okay. Um, what what's the like the food week to week, uh, week in week out uh, situation? You'd mentioned going to a chicken place for a chicken sandwich uh, when you were uh, at south of the border, but what what's the dietary situation now? Uh, could you use a beer sponsor if you were offered one? And um, yeah, what what's been like the most like struggle street moment of the summer for Cody Groves? Um, well, food, dude. Honestly, I've ate more Subway this summer than I have in my entire life. Um, mm, chicken bacon ranch, you know, with some baked chips, you know, fills you up. You know, it's good, good little meal. Um, uh, beer sponsor, yeah, I probably could use one of those. I probably borrowed about. Thirty twenty thirty five dollar bills from people at, at Loretta's this year, um, and yeah, I mean, I, this there hasn't really been that much struggle. I turn, I tend to like figure it out. Like a struggle doesn't really last very long with me. Okay, I'm yeah. either gonna figure resourceful it out or um, or you know, the real responsible thing would be, well, Cody, if you ran out of money, just go back to work because. That's the way the world works. You, you run okay. out of money, and, and you're not—you don't have a way to make income. You should probably figure out a way to make income. And the other way of making income for me is go back to work. So that's—that's that's normally what happens. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so what's the what's the future hold for Cody Groves? Uh, are we doing Supercross 2024? Um, you got some goals, my friend. What do you want to do in the weeks and months that come? So my 
the plan, I haven't gotten any contracts or anything, um, but I'm supposed to race Arena Cross, uh, this upcoming Arena Cross uh, series, the kicker Arena Cross. Supposed to race Arena Cross, and then next year I'm planning on doing the same thing over again with outdoors. Um, I'm supposed to, I'm trying to lose like 20 to 30 pounds. Uh, like I'm not at 250F and arena cross. So that's kind of like one of my bigger goals right now, which is going to okay. be really hard. What are you tipping I mean, the scales at right now? 200 pounds or what? 180? Uh, I'm at 210. Oh, you're a big boy. So, yeah, you're like, what? You got to be like, what, 6'2? No, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm five, I'm five eleven. Okay. Okay. I'm, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I don't, I don't look 210 pounds. But I am 210 pounds, so I got to figure out where dude's losing weight right now, and I think he's down to what I am, and I think he was weighing in at like 230 earlier around this year somewhere. So maybe 230 is a little high, but I'm gonna I gotta I gotta get down I want to get down to 180 because riding a 250F is uh, is a struggle when you're when you're 210 for sure. So I got I got to figure out how I can lose that weight and whether I start looking like Dobby or not, it's going to be a big determining factor if it stays like that. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, I, you and I both are uh, are on the fitness train. Uh, maybe drop 10, 15 pounds, and uh, I, I'm trying to get back to uh, to fighting weight so that I can uh, I jump on my KX 125 without uh, that bike. Just I'm feeling so goddamn bad for that bike, but uh, right on, man. Uh, I, I hope you're able to lose the weight. I hope the weight. I uh, hope we see you at uh, at Arena Cross. Uh, near us soon and uh yeah you've, you've got some exciting uh stuff coming up this month to make go make some money whose birthday party are you going to next week oh mine dude mine. it's your birthday all the boys are coming out oh, oh that's, yeah. that's trouble yeah it's, what's the plan it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time it's gonna we're gonna have the world's longest game of flip cup okay and then okay. we're gonna turn flip cup table into a slip and slide jesus that that sounds like uh, yeah. that's a, I think we might have to uh, like kind of start to coordinate a verb shred tour event with Cody Grove's birthday. We got a track out here, ain't the best, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we, motocross we is a social uh, sport, might... man. It's not always about the throttle therapy. Yeah, not not always about the throttle therapy. No, that is one hundred percent right. If there's anything I've learned over the last four years. It's it's that. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you making time for the podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, connect with you soon, whether it's uh, waking you up on the edge of our tailgate or uh, passing you a cold beverage in the beer tent. I, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Make sure, awesome. make sure that you guys got some, some better hubcaps next time, though. No problem. We'll make sure the hubcaps are on point. <laughs> You have a great rest of your day, my friend. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there. All right, well, that's about as candid an interview as you're ever going to get in the sport of motocross. Cody Groves, completely uncut, unedited, and let's face it, unplugged. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. This episode was actually sent to my editor, Chase Stallo, prior to coming out, so it might have a couple edits into it, I'm not going to lie. But either way... 
Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. A little peek behind the curtain of the world that is Cody Groves.